What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, College Football, and NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Matt Miller, sitting across from the birthday boy. You're listening to this on Friday morning, so I am 31 years old now. Congratulations, me. Yeah, you made it. Uh, it was touch and go. This was a rough year. 30 was rough. I didn't know... <laughs> How it was going to go for you, but you made it. So if you haven't already, make sure you hop on the old Twitter machine. Tell Mello happy birthday and uh, just let mom and dad's favorite kid know that he's loved even more than he already does. Second favorite. Second? You think you're second favorite? Oh, I'm not definitely favorite. not first. I'm not either. No, it's definitely our oldest yeah, brother, okay. Mike, is the <laughs> favorite. I thought maybe that was like a veiled shot. I was like, I'm not the favorite. I honestly think I'm third. If we were power ranking the four of us, I'm third. You think I'm second? Yes. Yeah. Because you and mom are so much alike. Yeah, it's, it's the money. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's definitely the money. Speaking of money, we have a money show for you tonight. We're going to go around the league with news and notes, NFL and college football, talk some trade deadline rumors, one trade we both want to see at the deadline, which is coming up October 30th. So very, very close. We're going to talk about players getting kicked out of college, maybe taking the tailgate tour to Ireland. Then we're going to get into our previews and picks for the weekend. As we get down to it, and then it's special. I know our bosses are like, that. My, I feel my anklet buzzing, but we're going to do a non-football top five for you. A little throwback as we, today is actually, spoiler alert, the anniversary of Six Football Fridays being announced. So I thought, hey, it's Halloween, it's your birthday. And that popped up on my uh, memory anniversary. It's so crazy. A non-football top five, the top five scariest movies we've ever seen, and we're doing a draft. So not my five and your five. This is this is pivotal. It's a big thing. It's going to be the 10 scariest movies of all time by the time we finish it. Should I've be. got some good ones on there. It's going to be the definitive list. Fuck you, IMDb. This is <laughs> yeah. the list. Rotten Tomatoes and all that yeah. bias. No, nope. sir. Nope. We don't, I don't even know who made these movies. They're just good. Uh, and then, as always, ending it with your draft on draft questions. So a lot of fun tonight. No Natty Light being drank in this office this evening, by the way. No, it's weird. No it's Natty weird. Light. We're doing bangs. It's this energy drink that we, our tattoo artist actually told me about. And it's, everyone knows I'm on the diet. I'm on the stick to football diet. And this is not sanctioned, but uh, zero calories, zero fat, no carbs, no dyes. And I was telling Mello, like, this has creatine in it. It's amazing. It makes you feel so good. You made it sound like it's like a healthy healthy energy drink. They sell it at GNC. Then Mello tells me today to read the warning. It has 300 milligrams of caffeine in it, which we researched. Red Bull has 148. 148 versus 300. Yeah. Monster Jesus. has like 91. You, or you can't sustain drinking this. Like they will be, I'm telling you, they will be off the shelves in like I'm buying it three months. I'm going to buy it in bulk. They don't make it to 2019. I will be black market or selling. <laughs> somebody in this room, me, you, or Bang, doesn't make it to 2019. Probably I was true. right the last time I predicted death. <laughs> Probably true. Uh, but we are breaking out the Natty Daddies for your birthday. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun night if anybody sees this you'll understand later uh one little bit of information before we jump into the news the missouri southern tailgate is coming up it's november 10th in joplin missouri we people are tweeting us that they're just like impulsively booking hotel rooms in joplin so you might want to hurry before our hotel supplies up. last man yeah. again so it's, uh, it's it's getting full but it is going to be fun we have a a lot reserved we're gonna have two tents we're gonna have tons of cold drinks we're gonna have snacks probably playing some cornhole uh, some Pong, 
You can come out and meet us. We're going to record the show. Mello will sign your baby. I'll shake your hand. We have stickers. We have koozies. Uh, it'll be a great time. That's November 10th in Joplin from 11 a.m. until the 2 p.m. kickoff. If you want to buy tickets, throw the promo code stick to football in there. They'll give you five bucks off of it. So definitely want to see you all in Joplin uh, in two weeks. That's coming up quick. Also, Jared Brown will be here. So, yeah. Oh, we've got a that. lot of people coming in. Mason, Mason Whitlock. By the way, Mason, got your wedding invitation in the mail today. Definitely appreciate it. It's in my Jeep. I'll give it to you tonight, Mello. So there's a lot to get through at the top of the show here. Huh. Ready to go? I am. All right. UCF playoffs? Yeah, they're coming out and they're talking about how they deserve a spot in the playoffs. So I don't know. What do you think? Is the hype real for them this year? Let me get my legal pad because I took notes. Can you flip the page into the microphone? Yeah, a little louder. I say no. The hype is not real. And I'm with you, too. I just don't think that there's enough. You I had to flip him. a page for that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like You didn't memorize. Okay, no. You're like Ron Burgundy. You have to read things read off it. the prompter. Yep. I'm with you, though. They haven't been able to really get past that number 10 barrier for too long. We are seeing them behind one-loss teams already. I think some even two-loss teams are going to be up there ahead of them. So for UCF to have a real chance to make the playoff, they have to do it with a non-conference schedule. And I I was going to say that's one huge thing. Where's the quality win? They exactly. don't have one. Yeah. I mean, that we saw their North Carolina game. North Carolina game got canceled. That probably would have been the best game for them. Yeah. So like right now, they're sitting at Pitt as their best win. Ooh. And if they win out, I yeah, they'll beat South Florida. But even that, right? Like, their cool. next four, they have Temple, Navy, Cincinnati, and South Florida. South Florida is probably what they're like twenty-one right now. That would be your biggest win. Yeah. Not that big of a win. Yeah. So I think if they really want a real chance at this playoff. For one, be quiet. You realize that you're in the <laughs> right. American You won it conference. last year, like, damn it. Cool. If you want to get into the playoff, you're going to have to schedule some very tough opponents, probably out of the ACC or the SEC, to really yeah. get in there. And I'm not talking about bottom feeders from the ACC like North Carolina and Pitt. I'm talking about a Clemson, somebody like that, a yeah. Georgia out of the SEC. You have to beat quality opponents. We're even seeing it with um, other teams. You can't schedule a weak non-conference now. So UCF, they're going to have to jump on board with that. And I've been their biggest supporter. I love really them. have been. I crowned them national champs last year, undefeated. Love them. You're Mc- McKenzie Milton's your guy. Too. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to win the Heisman next year. Yeah, uh, oh, they won't give it to Tua twice. I think Tua's going to go whole Archie Griffin on this shit and get it two years in a row. There's an early prediction for you. I, I, I'm with you. I think the schedule's just too easy. And in a year where you have Alabama just fucking beating people, I mean, hurting people out there, and then you have an undefeated like Clemson, Notre Dame's undefeated, and then all these good one-loss teams who are playing a very difficult schedule, you're going to have to play somebody real if you want to get in there, UCF. One thing that's crazy to me, though, is the like the the politicking to get into the playoffs now that it's not a computer ranking anymore. It's a bunch of old white dudes sitting in a room, like drinking scotch, picking teams, which I don't know why I'm not on that c- committee. You just want on be. every college. Football. I really do. You want to vote for everything. I like to vote. <laughs> I really do. Uh, speaking of vote, if, you, if you're not registered, it's probably too late, but you should go out and vote. Uh, I would love to be on the committee, but you, you're going to see it. Like the, the politicking is going to happen for uh, because this year it's not clear cut who should be out there. So Mike Leach is yelling at people saying it should be 16 teams in the playoff. Did you see that? He's he yells at everybody. Like, for everybody. everybody down to like little league softball understands how to make a tournament, except for the NCAA. Right? Yeah, they're yeah, sticking with four for some reason that no one understands. But whatever, it's make a your weird money. Weird day when I agree with Mike Leach. Yeah, take advantage of your players, make your money, whatever. 
All right, next bit of news. I didn't have a good segue there. There's not one. There's not one. Kevontae Turpin, a senior wide receiver, kicked out of TCU. Gary Patterson announced it. And I saw this come across Twitter and I was like, oh, I need to update my draft notes on him. So I click on the story. What did he get kicked out for? Oh, shit. Yes. And all of it is still under that allegedly, allegedly. tag. But he allegedly got upset with his girlfriend for her sending pictures of herself to other people. He then slammed her to the ground and dragged her across a parking lot. Fuck this guy. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> right. Allegedly, I hope someone does the same thing to you. Uh, and she and he's had not to, very big, no, so it wouldn't be very hard. She had to like escape and go to a neighbor's house and like call 911. This is also his second arrest. He was arrested back in March uh, in New Mexico, and they believe, uh, because it doesn't say, but they believe it was the same woman who he was arrested for assaulting then. So not good at all. It doesn't even need to be said as far as NFL draft stock goes. He doesn't have it. He's off every board. Done. Except for maybe the Chiefs. Yeah, done. (laughs) Off every board. Yeah, the Bengals and the Chiefs maybe. But uh, And if you don't get that joke, Google some of their draft picks in the last few years. You'll understand it then. We're not just taking shots at random teams. But for TCU, this does hurt because he was probably their best offensive player. I mean, as a kick returner, he is special. As a receiver, meh. He's okay. I mean, but he probably was still looking at like a late round day yeah. three guy at the least. So for him to get in trouble, you see those character concerns and teams probably would have found out anyway. But now, now that it's in the public like this, he's done for. He's not going to play. The, in the difference NFL. is now owners. Now he shouldn't play in the NFL. Right. He shouldn't. might. He should not be. And I remember talking to teams about uh, someone. I think my girlfriend actually asked me about Tyree Hill the other day. Like how, you know, how did all that play out? And I was like, you know, we knew about him. And and had talked about him a lot, and t- teams knew, but everyone said, I ah, don't worry about it, he's not going to get drafted. And with Cavante Turpin, one big thing is that it is, like you said, in the public, and once an owner hears about a player being in trouble, you can almost bet that player's off your board uh, for most teams. Yeah, I, I would think so, especially with this one. Um, a couple of years ago, you probably could have gotten away with it if you were a smaller school guy. But now, even though TCU, not a big program, not taking shots at them again this week, but not a big school program. What did you say last week? They're, they're not, not a, a real Texas, Texas school. school. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. But this guy, he should be blackballed from the NFL, allegedly. Yeah, No collusion, but he should not be drafted. So there you go. Uh, the NFL... Season is almost to the midway point, which is really when draft talk is going to kick off. So if you're listening to this podcast as a draft fan or as both college football and an NFL fan and your team sucks like mine does, you're like, okay, it's draft season. It's that time of year. We're really going to start shifting into draft mode, especially for a lot of teams. These three teams, Mellow, I feel like we can go ahead and do that for my team, the Niners, our oldest brother, Mike's team, the Raiders. And the New York Giants, who are now selling off parts uh, at wholesale, yeah. basically. It's and like I hope Sam's move, Club. I hope they move Eli, too, in the, by the end of the trade deadline. I hope that it happens. But we saw it a couple years ago. There was the suck for luck. So now that we have Bosa, I'm calling this the blow for Bosa. You got to do something here. Yeah. Everybody's going after him. Everybody wants to get him. Could you do suck for the buck because he was a Buckeye? Does that work? Well, only, that is not a great hashtag. Like that. <laughs> yeah. That's not let's, a good hashtag. Let's not hashtag anything with Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. They yeah. asking for trouble. So tanking. A lot of people, old old school 
football fans and writers especially will be like, they hate it. No NFL team would ever tank, yada, yada, yada. I'm here to tell you they will. I know of a team that tried to tank a few years ago and it didn't work. <laughs> but, I mean, their like, highest ranking officials were telling me, yeah, we're not trying to win games. Our plan kind of blew up in our face. Fuck it. Let's lose and get a quarterback. It, it didn't work, I mean, but they tried. It seems pretty obvious with at least two of these teams. The Raiders selling off parts as well. They brought in a lot of what I would call like stopgap guys. Guys they can play for a little bit, and then their yeah. contract's going to expire. You replace them with a the guy that you draft. They said Jordy Nelson. Right. They, I mean, like yeah. The whole Marshawn Lynch, even before Gruden was there. They are getting rid of guys, and they're going to make some roster space for younger guys. That Now the Giants are doing it. They're selling off parts as well. So they are definitely tanking for the rest of the year. Yeah, And the Niners, when you have Jarek McKinnon and Jimmy Garoppolo get hurt, I mean, you kind of just have to you the, don't okay, make well, a move for a quarterback. Right. Yeah, C.J. Beathard's fine. Nick, no. Nick Mullen is, is fine at quarterback. So it's not quote unquote tanky, but you're not trying to turn the season around. Uh, I, I think what's the most interesting about the whole tanking thing is this is not a draft that you would normally tank for. Like you said, there was the suck for luck campaign last year. There were four quarterbacks drafted in the top 10. A lot of people wanted those guys. So there was teams trying to lose or trying to gain draft capital to move up. There's not that this year. I mean, we mentioned Nick Bosa. Okay, only one team can get him. Are you trying to lose out for Ed Oliver? Yeah, for like a defensive lineman, because that's what you can get this class. And I, it's so deep at the defensive line. Right. Even edge rushers, interior defensive linemen. I don't think you do have to like if suck you don't for one of get these guys. Ed Oliver. Like, yeah. okay, we'll take Quinton Williams or Jeffrey yeah. Simmons or Davis or yeah, Raekwon Davis or, or, or in the Trayvon second round, Jones, Terry or, Beckner Jr. Right, like, there's right. an endless supply of defensive like linemen. Bosa, I do think is special. And like the gap from Bosa to the next guy, whether it's Cleveland Farrell or uh, JK polite, whoever it is, I think there's a pretty big gap, but like that's one team could lose for that guy. And if Justin Herbert quarterback from Oregon doesn't declare, which I want to just go on record as saying, there's no fucking way I would tank for that guy. No, like, like he's, if he's there. Okay. He's probably going to be quarterback one. He probably would be a top five pick in this draft, but I'm not going to tank for him and no. bet my franchise and my job. I wouldn't on even it. trade like a future one to get him. No, like say the Giants are picking like fifth. There's, I'm not trading next year's first to move up to get Justin Herbert. No, I wouldn't either. I totally agree with you. There. Yeah. So it's a weird year to tank if teams are indeed trying to do that. And we'll definitely get into that. One thing that was a staple of the Friday show when we first launched it was fixing teams on the Friday show. I think we'll probably get into that really soon, starting with those three teams, how we would go into the offseason, whether it's a coaching change, free agency, how their draft plan would look. So we'll definitely be getting into that as we get closer. The NFL trade deadline, though, buddy, is five days away as we're sitting here recording. And I want to run through. I I wrote down five because I'm an overachiever. But at least one realistic trade you would like to see. Realistic. So like. Tom Brady's not getting traded out of the AFC East, so you can't go with something like that. I mean, maybe last year we would have seen oh, something like that. So close. But not this year. So the one trade for me, <laughs> we talked about it last year, like me having a favorite team. I do not. But one team that I do root for, I always say that I like to see them win, and I don't care if they lose, is the Kansas City Chiefs. I would love to see them add some pieces to their defense, especially when you have a guy in Arizona who wants to get out of there and Patrick Peterson. Let him go to a contender who really needs some secondary help. I don't care if it's a safety or a corner. I know they need safety help. Pat Peterson is going to help your safety. He, without a doubt, he absolutely is. And that's one trade that before the whole report came out that he's going to stay in Arizona, I really thought 
maybe could happen. Uh, I was going to go with Leonard Floyd to Kansas City because I think he's he's worn out his welcome in Chicago. He needs a new spot to try to rehabilitate his career a little bit. And there's a connection there with Matt Nagy and Andy Reid. Justin Houston, Justin another Houston. Georgia guy. Yeah, so I was going to go with that one, but I don't want to make this a Kansas City Chiefs show. I would love to see Janoris Jenkins. We talked about the Giants. They're selling off parts, and I know teams have called on Landon Collins, and they won't trade him. Call on Janoris Jenkins. If you're the New England Patriots, you need corner help. They were a team that was mentioned with Pat Pete. They were a team that was mentioned with Eli Apple. Why not trade for Janoris Jenkins? Yeah, I like it too. And just if they had a physical guy, I really am. I'm kind of done with the Patriots. I'm ready for them to lose, <laughs> but it's probably not going to happen right, this year. Yet. So if you give them a, an aggressive corner like that, I mean, opposite Stephon Gilmore, they have decent safeties. Those are two pretty damn good cornerbacks still. Yeah. Get them on there. You're going to help out your pass rush too. They're probably going to win the Super Bowl anyway, but if you want to go ahead and solidify it, get yourself a shutdown corner. One more I wrote down that I want to run by you. Tyrod Taylor to Jacksonville. I mean, I'm still a Bortles supporter. Okay. I don't even understand why. Like, honestly, I don't don't get it. I just, when they committed to him over the offseason and were like, this is our quarterback, I stood with him. I was like, good for you. Rally around him. But he still sucks this year. I just don't know that throwing in a quarterback to your team midseason is going to put you over the hump. It's not like a running back where you can just say, okay, we're going to hand you off the ball, run to the right. And speaking of running backs, I am not a Bortles supporter, but I do wonder how much of his issue is that Leonard Fournette is hurt. Exactly. And they picked up Carlos Hyde. Right. So, and maybe they get Fournette back soon. So maybe that helps out everything on the offense and they get clicking again. I just don't think that trading for a quarterback right now is going to be your answer. No matter how bad your quarterback is, it's going to take him time to learn that system. And then you're losing game. So say it takes him four weeks, you're probably going to lose three to four games. Well, now you're out of the playoff hunt anyway, right? and you've lost a draft pick. You know what they should do? Tank for Tua. That That's a hashtag. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, that's honestly probably what the Raiders are doing. Just tank for Tua. Yeah, just they're going to suck for a couple more years. They're probably <sighs> going to try to get Bosa. I want, I need a reason to tweet that because it just sounds good. Just tweet it without any right context. Now, I'm just going to do it right now. And when people are listening to this far, they're going to be like, oh, that's why he did that. Oh, and it makes sense. Yep, there it is. Especially since people follow our every move. Yes, they do. All right, one last bit of news and notes. I can't make this official because I don't have the power to do that. You would think, right? No, it's his podcast. He do whatever he wants. Nope, I can't. But I want to strongly suggest that in 2020, the tailgate tour gets its wings. It joins the Mile High Club. We go to Dublin, fucking Ireland, Notre Dame versus Navy. I think we would be, have better luck if we started a GoFundMe because there's absolutely <laughs> no way Bleacher Report is going to pay to send us to Ireland. They would have we would have to sign like a waiver. It's like okay, if you get drunk and die, we're not at fault here. We will not pay out your life insurance. Yeah, it'd be something. A I mean, I would think a good up. idea. Yeah, we'll just crowdfund it, right? Yeah, and then we'll go to the game. Yeah, and then uh, they'll pick up our uh, bar tab. We had a lot of success with our last GoFundMe, so maybe. <laughs> exactly. We're really good <laughs> We need those. the same amount, and uh-huh. we could go to Ireland. We do have a lot of fans over uh, across overseas. The I don't even know. They're from all over the place. Here's what I need. It would be great. Our iTunes r- review of the week, let us know if we could stay with you in Ireland. It's not a big country, so I feel like anywhere in Ireland would be okay. 
I'm good with that. And we could just rent a car. I don't know. Maybe even if you could give us a bed. Yeah. Not just like floor space. That two would beds be would be great. And uh, yeah, two beds would be great and let us know where to stay. I want to make it happen. We're already talking about tailgate tour 2019. Let's just put this one on the books for 2020. I mean, by the time 2020 comes around, we could raise a lot of money. All right. The GoFundMe will be in Mello's name, probably to keep me separate from it. Uh, look for that on Twitter. All right. We are back, and it's previews and picks time. And last week, we tied again. We are – we every week, we just tie. I know. It's like I'll have a bad week, you'll have a good week, or we'll just balance each other out completely. Uh, it's kind of like real life. It for really us. is. Yeah, like you're down, I'm up. Um, you know, like a teeter totter uh, with sound effects. We are twenty six and fourteen on the year, which I we're doing better than I expected. I think we're kind of hitting our stride here. We did have that one in four week not that long ago. Yeah, I mean that's you know. Then we had a slump buster. We picked like Alabama four times. <laughs> a or slump buster. I have not heard that in a while. <laughs> Oh, hashtag Pitt State. Uh, all right. <laughs> it's a T-shirt. I put on the Pitt State T-shirt. and it just, <laughs> it just, happened. Yeah, it's just I'm going to try to kick out a door tonight because I forgot my keys like old times. Uh, that was a good night. Uh, all right. Navy host Notre Dame. This game is not in Dublin. It's in Annapolis. And the line on this, negative, Notre Dame is favored by 23 and a half points. Damn. I thought it'd be a close game, right? So I was like, oh, kind of looking into this. And no, it is not a close game. I'm going to pick Notre Dame. It goes. Here's the thing. If the stick to football curse is real, here's the test. Okay. <laughs> Notre Dame is going to wipe the fucking floor with Navy. No disrespect to our servicemen. Ian Book going to throw for 350. I think we're going to see Julian Love have two picks and Notre Dame gets one more win. One more feather in the old cap as they head for the playoffs. See, I think that. I would bet against those points. I just I think that Navy can hold on to the ball long enough. I don't know. It's I'm going back and forth on my own words. It's going to be a really close game, and Notre Dame's going to win, or it's just going to be a blowout, and Notre Dame's going to kill them. It's I don't know. A way to cover your bases. I know. There. I can see it going both ways, so I'm glad Either I don't way. have to pick it. I'm picking the Clemson-Florida State game. This game used to be like a staple of the ACC. Late October, you were going to get a very good Clemson team against a very good Florida State team. Well, that is not the case this year because Florida State is sucking. Oh. And Clemson looks almost unbeatable if Alabama weren't out there. I really think they're starting to get things going with Trevor Lawrence and Etienne on offense. And then their defense is still their defense. Probably one of the best front sevens we've ever seen. So if those guys can keep it rolling, they will roll right over Florida State. It, Florida State has been so disappointing this year, and it's weird because they have prospects. Yeah, they have a lot of good talent, like Burns on Brian defense. Burns. Yeah, and I mean Francois quarterback. I mean, it's not yeah, really like a Heisman guy for a right. while. Really thought he was gonna be good. So that's one of the disappointments of the year. Up next for me, number sixteen Texas A and M at Mississippi State. Y'all know I love those Bulldogs. I can't help it. I have to pick a little them. upset here. Upset special in Starkville. Uh, I got to go with our boy Joe Moorhead, friend of the podcast. We cursed his team, so I'm going to keep picking them because uh, we owe it to them. Yeah, I so. mean, talking about prospects, there's a lot right there in Mississippi there, State. There are a lot there. Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat at on the D line in the secondary. You've got Peters and Abram. 
at Kylan Hill at running back, Nick Fitzgerald at quarterback on offense. Like this Mississippi State is a loaded team. If they can contain Kellen Mond, and I, I think guys like Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons are gonna be able to do that, they can win this game. But Kellen Mond is also a freak. So keeping him yeah, contained a is a tall athlete. order. I think the game being in Starkville helps. The line is one and a half. So Vegas doesn't even know. I do take a Mississippi State. I, I like that pick too. And I actually oh, I hope you lose, but um, I agree with you there. I'm not picking it though. I have Ooh. our Texas Longhorns at Oklahoma State. This game it's scares a tricky the game. shit out of it me. It does me too. It looks like Sam Ellinger is at least he's going to play and he's probably going to start. Hopefully that means they are not throwing the ball a lot and they have the running game going. This game also scares me because I'm pretty sure Oklahoma State is wearing some fucking Barry Sanders throwbacks. Are that you look serious? Absolutely sick. And every time Texas goes to Oklahoma State, OSU plays them tough. I think they think Texas is a rival. They're not, but OSU <laughs> believes that. So they always play well. Their fans are fired up. They're hitting the fucking uh, sidelines. It's going to be a tough game for Texas, but I do think that they're going to come out with a win. I hope they're still riding high as they were coming off this bye week, though. That yeah. scares me. The Ellinger injury and the bye week scare me, but I'm still taking Texas. I I would as well. I am scared by this game. Stillwater is always just a tough place it's for Texas. Tough. It's always been a hard spot for them. And I, I, I felt like the momentum coming off the Oklahoma game, then you run into Baylor and Ellinger gets hurt and you barely beat Baylor. Then you have a week off. And that's like, that's not a great recipe. I'm hopeful that Herman and the guys were able to reset this week. I saw a video of like Ohio state doing fucking Oklahoma drills this week to try to go. get back on track. I hope to God, Texas did something like that this week. 22 NC state at Syracuse. I don't know. I know they don't have air conditioning in the carrier dome. Do they have heat? Because if not, that could play a factor in this ball game. Upstate New uh, who York knows what they do in the carrier late dome. October. It can be cold in there. I, I think that could be a factor. But in a serious note, the quarterback controversy for Syracuse is too much for me right now to be able to pick them. I have to go with NC State. Uh, I said it last week. I really like this team. I think they're always a tough out. And then I said that, and then they got their ass kicked last week. But that was Clemson. This is Syracuse. Different orange team. I'm going with NC State. A lot of people are high on this new Syracuse quarterback. We'll see. He's a he was highly a high rated guy. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I think NC State is a better team than what we saw last week. I do just think that Clemson is going to start rolling over people. And so, NC State probably wins, but I don't know. We'll see what the weather's like in the carrier dome. <laughs> the weather in the dome yeah. could be a factor. <laughs> the fans, how they're blowing. I don't know. <laughs> Next game for me, Miami at Boston College. I thought Miami was going to be pretty special this year with that great defense. Boston College is a team that we've talked about all offseason season. I wouldn't say they've had a disappointing season, but they've definitely ran into some injuries. Thankfully, this week, they get A.J. Dillon back, and that kid is a beast. He's yes. about 250 pounds of just angry. And if he can get going against Miami, I'm taking Boston College at home. I'm not sold on this Miami team with Rozier at quarterback. That's what's going to make the difference. You get that defensive line for Boston College coming at him. I think they can do enough to win, and A.J. Dillon will go nuts. I, I think that this is a I, I I can't even talk tonight. I believe this is a good game for scouts to be at because the the Miami defensive line is they have a lot of good players on there and the Boston College O line is a very good one. So you want to see that matchup. We talk a lot in, when we talk about scouting with you want marquee like premier matchups. This is one of them. You have a chance to see you know ones versus ones 
and will be some of the best matchups you get for those guys until we see them at the senior bowl. So I, I would pick BC as well. That's going to be a fun game. You did this on purpose when you put the schedule out this week, and I know you did. 14 Washington State at 24 Stanford. <laughs> I did. I did. That was on my list, actually. And I was like, wait a second. I got to have Matt talk about I Washington State. went <laughs> off about Washington State last week. And I even listened back to it. It was like, what was I thinking? I still don't know what I was thinking. I was, felt like I was just like in a hurry to get through the segment and was like, ah, fuck it. But I wasn't at all. But that's Terrible defense. Terrible defense. Worst I've seen all year. Just generalize them. <sighs> it's horrible. <laughs> Bad pick by me. This this week, the game's at Stanford. Stanford's a three-point favorite, which is basically what you give to the home team. So it's almost a push. I'm going to take Washington State. Again, I'm banking on the stick-to-football curse being real here. So if Washington <laughs> State wins, I'll be happy because I got a game right. But if they lose... <laughs> I will also be happy because yeah. I'm mad at them for making me look stupid last week. Well, and I think we win, both win. kind of like Stanford. We like, do, yeah. As a secondary team, yeah. at least we like their coach. So we'll see. I mean, I never know when the curse is going to hit, but it hits every fucking weekend. Something it, happens. Yeah, it does. Let us know. If you see the curse happening, just tweet it at us. Stick to football curse. It happens all the time. Every week, for sure. And, you know, it's. I don't want to be morbid here. About seven months ago, when old Dan Basil croaked on us, I think that's when the curse started. I think that was the first one. That was the first one. We made jokes about Dan's sick. He's not here. He's probably going to die. He died that night. That very We night. have been off ever since. It feels like it's weekly now. We say something, and the Maybe universe are real. just I don't says, know. hey, you idiots, watch this. <laughs> so <laughs> You I don't try to fuck on me? Yeah, we don't sing country roads. West Virginia loses. I go off about Washington State. They win in a blowout. Um, and their their quarterback looks pretty good, so we'll see what he can do against old Stanford. Minshew? And his mustache. Yeah. I'm going to shave about to that. a mustache tomorrow, I think, by the way, for oh, Halloween. Sure, yeah. That's good. I want to see that for yeah, my yeah. birthday. Will yeah. you shave to just a mustache? We'll see what the old girlfriend says. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're there now. Okay. <laughs> Next game for me, Kansas State. At Oklahoma. Really, this one I don't even think is going to be Do close. you root for a hurricane or? I don't mind Kansas State. So oh, I, really? I, yeah. Just, they beat Texas at home a lot, but I still don't view them as a rival or anything like that. So they don't okay. matter to me. That's kind of how I feel about any team that used to be in the Big 12 North. Oh, like they're okay. just neutral to me. Like I've even liked Nebraska before and Colorado. Like I just don't give a shit. Because they never got in Texas as well. So you just hate Texas teams and Oklahoma? Yes. Like, I'm even okay with Oklahoma State. I was going to add, that was my next question. And you're okay with TCU because it's like, oh, they're not a real Texas cute. school. Yeah. Know, like, uh, toss all their little hair. brother. <laughs> yeah. You're so adorable. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm eventually going to get a feel for 31 years in which teams you actually. It's just for me, it's Tech, A&M, and Oklahoma. Not a huge fan of Arkansas either. Oh, that's old school. Yeah, that's, that one runs deep, probably older yeah. than I am. Yeah, definitely does. That's the old Southwest Conference. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Anyway, <laughs> I'm picking Oklahoma. I think they are a team. I can't that, believe you just said that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fucking They'll this, lose now. This bang no, energy They're going to lose now. <laughs> there it is. That's the curse. You said I'm picking Oklahoma. I'm calling my shot. They're losing. That would be fantastic, but I think you might have just jinxed the jinx. <laughs> So I reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I'm picking Oklahoma. Now I'm kind of wishing it into an ex existence. I don't know if it'll happen. I hope Kansas State wins, but I don't think they do. Oklahoma number eight. They're too pissed off after that Texas loss. 
They're trying everything they can to get back in the Big 12, and I think they do beat Kansas State. Wishing it into existence. I think you picked that up at the cult we went to when we were kids. <laughs> just probably. Be, just believe you're going to win the Mega Millions, and you're going to win it. Can I just pray go. Oklahoma away? Yeah. Like, just the whole state? Yeah. Maybe have someone lay hands on it, and it will go away. The toughest game on the schedule this week, and I get it. It's the world's largest cocktail party, even though you can't call it that anymore. Florida at Georgia. This is a toughie. We've seen the Bulldogs in action this year. Florida upset LSU just a couple weeks ago. Two very good defenses. Two well-coached teams. I'm taking the Bulldogs. I think what we saw against LSU was I mean, Georgia ran into a juggernaut and did not expect. I think the crowd got into it. I think the defense for LSU is just a little too good. I have to take Georgia, though, in the bounce back. I think that Fromm and the boys, especially Riley Ridley, just get going again on offense, and they're going to be too much for Florida to handle. I agree with you there, and I actually, for my next game, I just changed my pick on the fly. Did you really? I just, yeah, I looked at it, and I was like, no, that's not right. But I agree with you. I do think Georgia will win. I think they're a very good football team, especially for a team that's ranked number seven. Next game for me, number 18, Iowa at Penn State. I had Penn State highlighted as my pick. I'm going against that now. I think Iowa is on a hot streak. They've got Nate Stanley rolling. This guy can actually throw the football, and if he can find Noah Fant, I think they have enough to beat Penn State. They have not been playing very well at all. I know Miles Sanders had like a 200-yard rushing game. I know Trace McSorley is a good quarterback. If you can stop their running game, though, you can stop Penn State. So load the box. Force Trace McSorley to throw some to some receivers they can't catch. That's how you beat Penn State. And I think Iowa's physical enough on defense that they can do that. They can load the box. They can jam those receivers at the line. And they can disrupt things and come out with a W. So I'm going with, on the seat of my pants here, Iowa. I like Nate Stanley, Iowa's quarterback. Yeah, he's a guy that I have actually highlighted for one of our draft on draft questions Ooh. later. He's a big dude. He is very large. Like he's he's there with Sam Ellinger of guys where you're like, you don't realize how big they are. Right. And then you're like, oh, fuck. He's like 250. And he's a you're like 6'5. He is a grown ass man. He hasn't had the best year statistically, but his I last, think that's just their offense. I, his last two games, if you don't count the Maryland game, because they got up early and just started running the ball. Yeah. But he has had two very good games the last two out of the last three, and I think that continues at Penn State. Iowa is a very good team. They one loss this year, and it's to Wisconsin. And it was the week after Wisconsin lost to BYU. And this is a game that I had highlighted all year. I thought this would be Wisconsin's trap game, and it wasn't because they lost to BYU. Then Wisconsin came out very focused, and they beat Iowa. So now I think Iowa, very good football team. They do beat Penn State. All right, I teased it at the top of the show. We're going to have a non-football top five this week. It's almost Halloween. It's Mello's birthday. And the Stick to Football Friday anniversary, at least the anniversary announcement, or announcement of the anniversary. It's roughly one year ago. I'm just making up excuses to tell you that our top five tonight is the top five scariest movies we've ever seen. And normally we talk about top fives and we try to play to our audience with our top fives. No one showed up tonight, so appreciate that, guys. Uh, they don't listen. Anyway, Even so. scarier when no one's here. Yeah, sitting in this like the oldest building in Joplin alone, doing yeah. this recording at night while it's raining out. No and big deal. This building is over 100 years old. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I read the blueprints the other day because I haven't framed. It's like 140 years old. 
It's all. I mean, the conveyor belt in this building alone scares the shit out of me. Yeah, we should ride that tonight. We've been talking about it. We just come back here after we meet up with everybody else and ride the conveyor belt. Hope uh, the <sighs> landlord's not listening. Yeah, man, this building could be like in the Midwest. We have haunted houses where you like pay to go through a dark building where people scare the shit out of you. We should have hosted one here. Should have. I mean, it would have made not a our building, lot of money, but especially since it's right in the heart of Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, don't give out the address again. <laughs> now that yeah, people are, you can do it. <laughs> I thought about this today, off topic. Now that people are mailing bombs to people yeah. they don't like, I've always been uh-uh. weird about it. Uh-uh. Like never people, again. People will DM me and be like, "Hey, can I send you something?" And before, I've always asked you, like, "What do I do?" Like, I don't want to give out my address, and you're like, "Oh, just give out your address. It's fine." People mail you stuff. Mm-mm. What? No, definitely not. So if you want to send me anything now. Good luck. I'm not going to open it. Just send it to the post office in Joplin and then DM us and be like, hey, there's something out of the post office for you. Because then it can blow the post office up if it needs to. Yeah. I don't need Ted Kaczynski having my fucking mailing address. Well, what was that powder that they used to mail to people? Oh, anthrax. Anthrax, yeah. And like as soon as you opened your envelope, if you even took a breath, you were dead. God. That terrifies me. That yeah. should be a scary movie. That should be. Told, These you've are. got mail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tom Hanks. <laughs> you have anthrax. <laughs> the end. It's a very short movie. <laughs> it's a comedy. Uh, all right. Top five. Uh, I don't have a coin to flip. I don't either. How are we going to decide this? I don't know. I threw my phone once when we did this, and I was told that was a bad idea. Flip a koozie. Okay. This says the same thing on both sides. I'll mark it. There we go. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. Uh, you, you go first. Oh, okay. So I have the very first pick. Very first Scariest pick. movie that I've ever seen. I'm going with The Exorcist. Okay. That's high on my list, but it was not number one. I want to talk about The Exorcist, though, because I, I think people now would watch it and be like, that movie's not even that scary. But in its time, that's what you have to remember is like, Uh, I'm big into presidential biographies, obviously. And one thing when you rank presidents, you have to put it in the context of time, right? (laughs) Yeah. So for all of you that are ranking your presidents at home, you already know you have to keep in mind the time frame. (laughs) Same thing with movies. You have to remember the context of the time. And I think The Exorcist in obviously a non-internet era was frightening because this is like, it's not like aliens or like this is real shit that could happen. Right, like in no matter, and it was like based on a true story that actually happened in St. Louis, Missouri, exactly uh, of a boy who they thought was possessed. So and this movie came out in 1973. If you watch it, even today, the graphics are not oh, terrible. So if 1973, you're watching this movie, you would shit your pants. Spoiler alert: When she masturbates with that crucifix, oh my god! Some of the stuff that she says is horrible, terrifying in the moment, hilarious if you're not yeah. watching the movie and you quote it. Yeah, but <laughs> we need an old priest and a new priest. Yeah, Ooh, man, the movie's fucked up. It is terrifying. I also read the book, and that I think was maybe worse because you can you get your own mental pictures exactly. of it. So, yeah. uh, number one for me, and another movie. The context of time matters a lot here. So the only movie that's ever really scared me was the Blair Witch Project. Really? Now, remember, this is 1999. We barely had the internet in rural mm-hmm. Missouri in 1999. So all like there was this great like cult marketing around it where people were saying this is a true story. Yeah. 
IMDb, if it existed, was not known. You couldn't just pull it up and be like, oh, no, it's a movie where the, it's like a fake documentary. I didn't think Google was really a thing. Like, in in I'm sure it was no. in existence. No. But you couldn't just Google Right. Blair Witch Project real and get results. No, it would you would get you results and said, form. yes, it's real. Yeah. So I remember coming to or going to Pittsburgh, uh, where Pitt State is. Uh, I was not of age, and I went and had went to a, a frat party with some guys that I had gone to school with, got drunk, and went and watched the Blair Witch Project. It scared the shit out of me because, like, you're already drunk, and you're thinking this movie's real, and we grew up in, like— a religion that believed in the occult and demons and everything. And I'm like freaking the fuck out about this movie. And it, I think just like the way it was filmed, like the yes. low budget, like it's easy to believe it's real. So I watched this movie. It scares the shit out of me. And I tell our older brother, Marcus, I was like, Hey dude, you got to go see this movie with me. It's horrifying. So he's five years older than me. We go watch it together. Uh, and he's after the fact, he's like, Matt, it's not real, man. Like, it's not real. <laughs> Ruined it. Yeah. I And I'm with you, too, because I'm four years younger than you. So the marketing around that movie was fantastic. They had actors that nobody had ever seen or heard of right. before. And then you don't even get, like, a good look at them with the camera because it's shaky. And they did a very good job. Very low-budget movie. It's got to be, like, one of the most profitable movies Has ever to made. Because they spent, like, $100 making it. Right. They bought three, like cameras that I probably have in my toolbox from the early BR days. We should make one. Might as well. Yeah. The Joplin Witch Project on yeah. the conveyor belt. Uh-huh. In this, yeah, in this building. I'm down with it. I'm up next pick. I'm going back and forth here between two movies that I really like. Um, I have a big board of 10 movies. I'm going to take it. The, the new, movie. The new movie, It. I love it for everything about it. The sequel, or I don't even know if you can really call it a sequel. The, the remake yeah. was fantastic. The original one made everyone scared of clowns. I know that there are some serial killers out there who dressed up as clowns. Thanks, John Wayne Gacy. Stephen King made everyone terrified of clowns. Maybe they were a little bit creepy before, but then after seeing this movie, you were terrified of them. And the fact that it can actually turn into anything you are afraid of. It doesn't matter what you're scared of. It will turn into that and scare the fuck out of you. This might be the first scary movie you ever saw, actually. It might have been. Because I remember watching it when we were very little. Uh, it was a miniseries on TV and being, like, afraid of balloons even. Because the balloons that, like, float in the movie. Yeah. And being like, no. So last year, no. I don't know if you remember me telling you this. Uh, it came out around Halloween, I think, or, like, September well, at my school, we had a Veterans Day memorial. So red, white, and blue balloons all over the gym. Well, somebody didn't tie down the balloons very well, and all of the red balloons in the gym got loose and floated up to the ceiling. The only thing I could think of was it. Like, I, it actually, like, kind of scared me. Like, <laughs> this is freaky. Why are all the red balloons floating up? So terrifying movie. And just a good storyline. I love the storyline. I'm very excited for the next one. Yeah. Uh, second on my list, you mentioned the Blair Witch Project might be the most profitable scary movie of all time. At one point, this movie was Halloween. John Carpenter made it for like no money and it became an international success. And like one of the cool things about that movie, not only is it a great movie, ignore all the fucking sequels and maybe except for the new one that's coming out this year, but it 
it created a whole genre of scary movies where you were afraid of a person, right? You were afraid of Michael Myers. Like with movies before that, like Psycho, maybe it was the only one where you were like afraid of a person. You were afraid of Norman Bates. You know, then it was like Jaws and other shit where you were afraid of, or The Exorcist, you were afraid of ghosts. Halloween made you afraid of a human being who was like unstoppable. And one of the cool things about Halloween, you think about like Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees and all those ripoffs, like they're at night. Michael Myers will cut your shit in the day. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Um, I do think there's a little bit of like, I almost think you can say recency bias around it because the new one that is coming out. But I also think you could say that about it. Like if it weren't for the reboot, maybe we're not talking about those two movies as our top two. But they are definitely scary movies that I love. Halloween, that fucking soundtrack. I literally know people, if you start doing that, they will like shit their pants. Really? I had a friend in high school. Anytime you would do that around him, he'd be like, just fucking knock it off. Stop it right now. It's probably one of the best soundtracks. Like, I mean, it has to be, or most iconic. Like, yeah. the song is as well known as the movie. I agree with you. And the mask, the which mask is nothing. What did they say? It was like a Richard Nixon mask that they. Who, I'm trying to think of actually who it was. I think it was a president mask. I don't know, but it it was like you talked about it being a cheap movie. Yeah. They just walked into a fucking store and were like, we need a mask. Uh, yep, let's take this one. And then turned it into one of the most iconic like slasher film mask. It was 78 when it was made. It was probably Nixon, right? If it were president. I mean, you're the one with this power ranking your presidents by era or whatever. Yeah, well, I can. I could. That's <laughs> probably my next podcast will be. I will not be co-hosting that one. My bad. You. It was a Captain Kirk. Oh, mask. nice. So it was close. So Star Trek. Yeah. Kind of a president. Kind of, yeah. It was <laughs> live long and prosper. Uh, so next on your list, number three. Next one for me, I'm going to stick with Stephen King because I thought you would take this one and you didn't yet. So I'm going with The Shining. I'm so glad you said this. Go ahead. You are. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going with this one. Um I, you're about to hate on the female actress. I am aware of that. But the little kid in the movie is terrifying. The two twin girls in the movie, terrifying. Just It's like the cabin fever. If you are stuck in a hotel room with your family, terrifying. Uh, and too. if you've ever been to Estes Park, Colorado, you've seen the real hotel. It looks terrifying. It is set up on a hill. There's mountains all around it, and there used to be nothing there. Estes Park was not a big town. Nothing there. It was just a hotel. Terrifying, terrifying place. Okay. Uh, this is probably my like third favorite book of all time, and you know that about oh, yeah. me. Great. I love The Shining, and I love Jack Nicholson, and the boy who plays Danny. You're right. Terrifying. Shelley Duvall can jump yes, off a fucking bridge. Terrible. She ruins the movie because this movie used to scare me. And I do remember a couple of years ago, we went to like a, they played it at our movie theater. Like, oh, we're going to play The Shining. We went, all I can do the whole time is like, just kill her, Jack. Just kill <laughs> You're her. You're rooting for Jack. Just Nicole. please. One time accidentally hit her with the baseball bat. Just <laughs> murder her and then terrorize your son. I'll watch that movie. If I could somehow combine the mini series reboot they did with like Rebecca DuVernay or whatever, like the hot blonde. Put her in the old Shining with Jack Nicholson. I'm watching that shit all day. Yeah, if they could replace her, I don't even know. Like, with the advancements in technology, if you Anyone could just else. go in and digitally replace her in the original she's movie. horrible. And he, just, she's hard to look at. That Let's too. just say that. She is very hard to look at. 
It's not good. The movie's so good otherwise. And I don't I like Stanley Kubrick necessarily. Like, I think he did a fantastic job. When the, the blood gushes in front of the elevators and shit, it's like, that movie will mess you up. You're right. You've never when stayed in the hotel. When he goes into the hotel room and, like, the dead the, chicks yeah. in the tub. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That movie will make you second guess ever staying in a hotel alone. Trust me, as someone who travels alone a lot, <laughs> you're going to think about that shit. But, God, she ruins that movie for me. If any, I say this as someone who would beg and plead for The Stand to be remade, The Shining is actually at the top of my list of Stephen King movies that need remade. They're redoing Pet Cemetery, so hopefully that they're just going to do all of the classic Stephen King movies. Just not Carrie again. No, it's it's I don't need it. I don't need it again. It really isn't even that great of a story. No, it's not going to make my list. Not mine either. Uh, Next up for me, the first movie that ever scared me. I remember being uh, five years old and watching this movie and having to go to the bathroom, like (laughs) mid-movie, right? So I walked back to the bathroom, and our dad hid. And as I was coming out of the bathroom, jumped out and scared me. While watching Nightmare on Elm Street, I already have it highlighted. This movie scared me so bad. And then we used to always go to our uncle's house. Once a week, we'd go to our uncle Jim's house. And he had this tree in his front yard. And in the winter, when all the leaves would fall off, it had these branches that were like long fingers. And there was a street light. And so it would shine on that tree, which is scraping on the window when the wind would blow. That shit I don't know if I would go to that house now, actually. Oh, that movie terrified me, too. I, it makes you afraid to fall asleep. So you lay there in bed, yeah. already scared, and you're like, I can't fall asleep. But I'm terrified, and I need to fall asleep, but I can't fall asleep. So now you're sleep-deprived, and now you're having fucked up dreams. Right, because you're sleep-deprived. Exactly. I've actually had nightmares about Freddy Krueger, like, as a child, not as a 35-year-old. Rem- <laughs> like, I don't remember if I did or not, but this, for the longest time, was the scariest movie in the world to me. The original. Like, yeah. They got kooky after a while, but like the original, right. like oh. where they barely showed his face. And right, like, my god, that movie scared the shit out of me. He molested kids, so they burnt him, and then he comes back to life. Yeah, it came out in '84. God, I wasn't even five the first time I watched it. These movies are old. My god, all of them are like '70s, early '80s movies. They're classics, and that's why they're making our list. I'm up next, and I'm going to go with a more recent movie. This one terrifies me. I put it out on Twitter the other night. I was going to watch some scary movies to just kind of get in the mood, get in the feel of it. I couldn't find Halloween on like Netflix or Amazon Prime. It's on there, but it's categorized as coming out in 2015. They must have remastered it. I watched it this morning. Well, that's there you go. Very disappointing because <laughs> that was like the one that I wanted yeah. to watch. But I did find this next movie on there. I clicked on it. It's Home Alone. Can't fucking watch it. Too scary. Gets me every time. Strangers. The fact that you could just be sitting at home and somebody knocks on your fucking door to terrorize you, that is real, and it happens every day. Yeah. So if you are listening to this podcast and you are alone, lock your fucking doors because you don't know who's going to come knock. They also have that uh, Merle Haggard song, Mama Tried, playing in it all the time. Yeah, and there's the tagline that we've talked about before. Is like, why would you do this to us? Yeah. Because you were home, right? Oh, so they the, they have another one called "The Strangers Like Pray at Night" or something. My girlfriend and I watched it at home a while back. It's also very good. Yeah, you can't watch it. They're very good. Because I would have again, to go over to your house to watch yeah, it. It's like realistic of like this could fucking happen. Yeah, and yeah, we watched. We were watching. Uh, this isn't a movie, so it doesn't make our list. But we were watching The Haunting of Hill House a couple nights yeah. ago. 
Great, by the way. Watch it if you have Netflix. Get Netflix if you don't have it. Watch it. And I have a motion sensor front porch light, and it kept going off while we're watching The Haunting of Hill House. So I had to go get my gun <laughs> and put it on the coffee table so that we could watch this show. That's I think how watching <laughs> a scary movie with you with a loaded gun would be the scariest <laughs> thing I've ever done. The gun was not loaded. The, clip, the clip was out, but <laughs> I was ready. Uh, next on my list, uh, an underrated scary movie. I don't. Uh, I was telling you about it the other day, and I don't know if a lot of people have seen it. So watch it if you haven't. Sinister has Ethan Hawke in it, and it's mm. a, he's a true crime writer. And they end up moving into a house, he and his family, where murders took place. And he finds a bunch of like home videos of like the. It, it's messed up. I don't want to give too much away because it's not the most popular movie ever. I, you asked me a while back, like, what's the most recent movie you've seen that actually scared you? And that was my answer. Yeah, and that was one that I tried to look up the other night as well. I couldn't remember the name of it, though. I thought you were talking about Insidious. Also scary. So I watched that trailer, and I was like, no, I've seen this movie before, and it kind of was a letdown. So I didn't watch that one, but I do. I need to see Sinister. It's good. I haven't watched it yet. Maybe watch it at my house. Well, I probably won't watch it <laughs> at my house alone at night. Maybe, like... Sunday morning, if I get bored, Before football, <laughs> waiting for football to come on. That's like my safe space to watch scary movies is during the daylight. Next one for me, number five, I'm bouncing back and forth between two movies here. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with The Sixth Sense. Really? Yes. I watched that movie as a sixth grader. Oh, and it terrified me. So I'm watching this movie at a friend's house. We had like a sleepover. It's haunting me. I hate little kids that are scary. Yeah. Which is weird because I'm a teacher. <laughs> I hate kids. <laughs> but if there's like a possessed kid, which is a, like four of my movies here. Yeah. It terrifies me. I can't deal with creepy little kids. And this one was a creepy little kid. But then the twist at the end was got it? me. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, wait. the. Fuck? It was so creative. It was. It was great. It was like yeah. nothing that you had ever really seen before. And I was a sixth grader, so I didn't hear any of the spoilers. I didn't know what was going to happen. And to, to have that movie in the way that it did was great. And then, like, you see, maybe it's, you know, because I work in a school now. Like, he goes to the school, and there's the people hanging from the, like, rafters. Oh, yeah. There was always a rumor that the elementary school that we went to was haunted. I don't Always, believe that, yes. yeah. but I used to be terrified to go play basketball over there when it got close to dark because I thought it was haunted, and then I had seen this movie. Everything just added up. Scares me to death. All right. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have thought of that one. Number one on my list, An Inconvenient Truth. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Global warming is real. That's the number one on my list. No, uh, not number one. It would be number five. Anyway, uh, that was a joke. Uh, number five, Get Out. Uh, this I know a lot of people have talked about like the uh, the social narrative of this movie, and I, I think it's incredibly creative. It also was just a little fucking scary. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty this, creepy. It, this movie made me jump. It also made me think way too much. Like I could not shut my shit down after I watched this movie of like, man, could they do that? Like, like when she puts him in the sunken place. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, and he's just it, being hypnotized scares me. Oh, like, there's no way. I there was never. a group that came to our high school, and they were like, "We need some volunteers." And no, I'm out. They asked me, and I'm like, "No, fight you if you tried way. to hypnotize me." No, not put your watch way. away. Uh huh. No, yeah, quit stirring your goddamn tea. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Leave me alone. And I told you this story not too long ago. I was outside doing some work for some stuff that I had to do, and it was at night. 
So I'm outside. It's about 930 at night. I was spray painting some stuff. I hear somebody sprinting up my sidewalk. <laughs> I had myself a, a get out moment where I thought somebody was sprinting Old at Jesse me. Owens is running ahead. Fucking scared as a grown ass man. Luckily, it was just my neighbor who decided to run wind sprints at 930 at night up the sidewalk. In his flip-flops. That's a whole nother tangent we could go on. He's weird as fuck, but I <laughs> thought I was about to get murdered. All right. Those are our top fives. Did you have any movies on your big board that we didn't mention? Because I, I feel like we need some honorable mentions. I have two. I definitely have one. The other movie I was considering was The Birds. Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> this movie is one of the movies that has made me terrified of birds. I even talked about this with um, a football coach that I coach with. We were at one of the high school games, and there were some birds that were getting too close for me, which is like 20 feet. <laughs> I could see them. And so I, you've seen me do it before. I yeah. kind of freaked out. And he's like, are you afraid of birds? Yes, I am terrified of any bird. Just a common bird scares me. So I had to explain to him, like, when I was younger, I got, like, attacked by a bird. And he was like, have you ever seen the movie The Birds? I was like, yes, I've also seen that. And it's terrifying. There's no defense for it. You yeah. can't get away from those little fuckers. I don't know if you remember this. When we were kids, that was one of our mom's favorite movies. You need yeah, to ask her I, about it. She made us watch this shit all the time. I know. I watched it with her. I yeah. remember it. It scarred me. Yeah, it would. Uh, Fastest animal in the world is a bird, by the way. Really? Falcon. Take that, like Tyreek Hill. 230 miles per hour. What? Yeah. How are you getting away from that? You're not. Nope. They got talons, too. That'll fuck your shit up. I didn't know that. <laughs> All right. Two movies that almost made it for me. Poltergeist. Pretty good one. Scared to watch TV. Amityville. Amityville. With Amity Ryan Reynolds? No, the original. The original one. Yeah. yeah. I will go down like Reddit rabbit holes on Amityville for days. I actually did it one day this week where I was supposed to be writing and had a little writer's block. It's like, oh, I'll just give the brain a little break. Three hours later, I'm reading about Amityville on Reddit. And that's a real story, too. Not the right. haunting, but the actual the crime murder. that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fascinating to me. I'm with you. The Amityville reboot, We I saw that movie when I was in high school. And it was a group of us guys. We all went and we saw it. And everybody's like trying to act tough. We go back to my buddy's house and we drop him off. He's like, guys, you can't leave yet. My parents aren't home. I don't want to be here alone. So we were like, all right, dude, we're going to hang out for a little bit longer. We set all of the clocks in that house to go off at like 314. Oh, no. Because in the movie, everything yeah. happens at 314. That's evil. So, I mean, we set the stove to go off at 314. We set his parents' alarm to go off at 314. And I remember seeing him the next day absolutely terrified that all that shit happened to him. And then we got to drop the bomb on him that actually it was just us that did it. That's the meanest thing I've ever heard of. Maybe next week's top five will be the top five meanest things we've done. And there's mellows. <laughs> all right. It's draft on draft time. We got natty daddies in the house. Biggins. Oh, you want me to full calories too. Ice brew for a smooth taste, they say. Uh, 16 ounces. 16 ounces. How much caffeine in this? None. <laughs> a lot of a lot of calories, though. Can huh. you imagine if they put caffeine in a natty? I think someone tried doing, like, energy beers. Well, Four Loco used to. I think that's what it was. I don't know. I just I know, don't know. They'd fuck you up. I, and then they got outlawed. Yeah. Kind of like Bang is going it to It was be. like two. You could drink two Four Locos and be pretty set. I can remember back in the budget bar days. Where, I mean, where I would literally take $20 out and like, this is what I'm drinking for the night. And it would be like, and then you would have to wheel and deal to get the rest of your drinks free. 
<laughs> How'd you do that? Good looks and charm. <laughs> also lied a lot. All right, draft on draft questions. Cameron Miller wants to know, are there any sneaky quarterback prospects that could move up boards this year or next? So this is where I talked about earlier. Nate Stanley from Iowa. He's a junior, so I don't know if he's a this year guy. Maybe if we see a lot of guys stay in school, he could come out this year. I don't know if he would be a first rounder, but I like what I've seen out of him this year. I think if he comes back, he could have a very solid senior campaign, and he's a guy that we could be talking about next year as a round one guy. Yeah, so my guy is Daniel Jones at Duke, who we've talked about on the show before. Broke his collarbone and only missed two fucking weeks. Like, who does that? And he, well, he's Jones a guy does. that could be even the first quarterback taken. Really, we really don't know about this class yet, so it's anybody's he's anybody's pick. So well coached coming out of Duke with David Cutcliffe there. Cutcliffe is someone. I mean, you can ask our guy Chris Sims about like people worship David Cutcliffe in the NFL. So Jones being under him it is a really really good thing. He has size. I mean, he's six five. I think he's like two twenty five, if I remember right. So he's built right. He's been coached right. He's a very good player. He came in what in 2016, I think, and it's looked very good since. So went he to Duke, my guy. so he's got to be smart, right? Yeah. So that's a pretty. He was the other guy on my list too. Actually, yeah. I put two of them, and he was the second. I really like him. Easton Stick would be my other one from North Dakota yeah. State. Someone I I hope we get to see at the Senior Bowl. If not, maybe he'll be at that NFLPA game. So we'll be. We'll be politicking to get him out there. He also has a great name. Uh, our boy, Roman Tomasoff. This dude flew from Boston to Baton Rouge, landed, gotten an Uber, stuffed his backpack under our table, tailgated with us, went to the LSU game, hung with us until I started calling him Ruben. We took him to the wrong hotel, and he flew out the next morning bright and early. He had a hell of a day with the Stick to Football crew. I think it was all worth it for him. Like I do not think I he regrets know. that trip. I don't know. I was straight up calling him Ruben. Oh, I've talked to him since. I think he had a pretty damn good You think time. he's okay? I think he remembers more of the weekend than maybe we do. Definitely you. <laughs> uh, but I do think he had a good that time. That should have been the top five moments from LSU that Matt can't remember this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We should just update it every week when we talk about tailgates. Yeah, some more like, things come back to me. What do you remember now? Uh, it's like, be like a therapy session. Yeah. I'll lay on the couch. Uh, his first question, because he has two. Love it when you guys do that. During his spectacular season, how far can Ben Burr Curvin, the linebacker from Washington, climb up teams' draft boards? I love his name. I love the way that he plays, but he's six foot tall, 220 pounds. That was my thing. He's small. And he plays linebacker. So and it is going to be hard for him. He's not like the guy they had before Shaq Thompson. He's not that athletic. Mm-hmm. He's not that rangy. He is having a great year. I mean, he already has over 100 tackles, uh, he has a pick. He's been all over the field for them uh, with three forced fumbles as well. I mean, he's going to be an All-American candidate. But as yeah. far as draft prospects go, mm-hmm. he's going to be a tough dude to evaluate because he's going to be a fit for some teams and right. not at all for others. And that's what I had, too. He's a very role-specific guy. Like He is just not going to fit in with some teams. But you get a team like maybe Seattle, he could fit in there where they yeah. like those more athletic linebackers. And he would be a fit. People ask us a lot about trends. Well, now teams are going to this linebacker safety hybrid where you're going to have to be able to cover tight ends and backs. He might be a really good fit for that. So yeah. uh, I'll be interested to see how well he tests. And if he can put on weight and still maintain like his 40 time, if he can get up to about 230 and then run well, that will yeah. really help him out too because he, he has the production in college. He is tearing it up. I love watching him play. 
I just don't know if he's one of those NFL caliber guys. All right, next question. Guess how many points will be scored in the Alabama LSU game. I mean, it used to be like a 20 point total. I've seen this game have nine points in it before. So. Right. Like, yeah, a six to nine victory. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> this year, we're not looking at the same no. Alabama team. So I love LSU, uh, but I don't see anyone stopping Alabama. Do you know what <laughs> Alabama's average point differential is this year? I do not. 38. That's ridiculous. That's they're playing the SEC. <laughs> That's how right. many points they score. They're beating people by 38. Like, like, people talk about it every year, and they're like, oh, could Alabama beat an NFL team? They might be able to beat the fucking Cardinals. Like, <laughs> this is the closest I've ever been to being like, yes, Alabama might be able to contend. Usually, I say no fucking way. Yeah. Until this year. I saw a tweet, and it was like, with their three first-round picks, the Raiders select Alabama. <laughs> like, yeah, might as well. Like, like just, just rebuild it. Can we just, and maybe take the coach as well. Uh, how many points? <sighs> Points 58. combined, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, 56. Yeah, somewhere right in there. And uh, most of them will be from Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Henry in 14, this was an iTunes question. Don't forget, you can leave a review on iTunes, send a question. We'll read it on the show. Long-time listener, first-time question. It's been a minute since I heard that. I know, I love it. Drew Locke definitely has his flaws, but I don't see the receiver talent around him like you guys mentioned, especially with Hall, Hurt, and Albert O. Seeming to have a down year. How much could the senior bowl help Drew Locke? I mean, it could take him from mid-round guy to first pick in the draft. It, yes. The senior bowl is a crazy thing. Uh, we saw Baker Mayfield have a great climb. Uh, he did a lot of it during the season. One guy that I always like to bring up is Phillip Rivers. He went from being like a mid, maybe third-round guy to being the fourth pick in the draft. The senior bowl can help you so much, especially at the quarterback position. If you're a senior quarterback and you get that invite to the senior bowl, you have to go. It yeah. can make all the world difference. You have to get to Mobile if you're a quarterback. Yeah, I actually got caught up on some Drew Locke film today, and I tweeted out a couple thoughts of like, man, his mechanics are just awful. I mean, horrible. And then there are times where you see him go through reads and step into throws, and you're like, yes, like that arm yes. talent is real. With and him. he's a good athlete. So I yeah. agree with you. He could go from being a third-round pick to a first-round pick by the nature of this not being a good quarterback class and mm -hmm. the fact that he has that talent and athleticism. I'm not comparing him to EJ Manuel, but I went to the Senior Bowl and watched that dude have a decent week in a draft where there were no quarterbacks, and he was the 16th pick in that draft because the Bills had to get a quarterback. Well, so, and you look at even last year, Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, they stood out so much last oh, year in God. a bad quarterback group, not class, yeah. because there were a lot of juniors, but over the other quarterbacks that were at the Senior Bowl. Drew Locke could go show off his arm, it, fix your footwork for a week. You remember, you, you were there, you weren't there Derek Carr's year. No. Holy shit. That That's, dude. He's another guy that went mid-round to, I know he was the second-round pick, yeah, but that was but a pretty still. good quarterback. Club. And it was because he went to Mobile. We yeah. should, like, I don't know why they don't pay us to advertise, because they should. What's the deal, Jim? Hashtag get to Mobile. And you get Jimmy back on the show. Uh, all right. Bunny Man, 5857. Hey, guys, I'm a writer myself and wondered what music or podcast you recommend during film or writing. So I'm weird. I can't listen to a podcast while I write. I can't listen to anything while I write. No. I can barely have the TV on. <laughs> so what do I listen to? Absolutely nothing. The words in my brain. Uh, I listen to music when I write. I actually have a playlist on Spotify that 
uh, many people who know me have made fun of because it's not like great music. A lot of it's depressing. But I, I mean, I have to listen to music when I write. You walked in tonight. I had on my like noise canceling beats and a cheek full of seeds because I was right and yeah. I have to do it. So I listened to a lot of Jason Isbell. I listened to like a lot of Eric Church, John Mayer, like things that are going to be a little slower and like Sturgill Simpson where I can just kind of get lost a little bit and have background noise. I'm sure a psychologist would say that it's something about like, I need that part of my brain to be activated so I can use the other part. Sometimes I play classical music while my students are working and I don't know if it helps, but I do it. And it's like a laid back kind of classical music. It's some Pandora station. I don't know what it is, but I think it works for them. At least it calms them down. Yeah. So that's what I need in life. Right. So I can't, I listen to podcasts while I drive and we've said before, I only listen to true crime podcasts. I'll open my podcast app right now and actually tell you what I'm listening to because I don't even know right now. Sword and Scale, obviously. Uh, I'm listening to Fall of a Titan, the Sports Illustrated podcast about the Steve McNair death. Uh, Listening to Up and Vanished, Case File. I was listening to Dr. Death and Slow Burn, but they're both done now. Finally, Slow Burn might be done. I don't know. They keep doing updates. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Now the RFK tapes is finally done, I think. So that's what I'm listening to. I drive a lot. Uh, Usually, I would guess I drive close to eight hours a week. So a lot of drive, a lot of podcast listening to. And stick to football, obviously. Yeah. I just listen to stick to football. Over, over and over and over again. Again. I just play it on repeat. Sometimes I'll just find myself talking about something really cool, and I'll just listen to that. I'm going to pull it up on Spotify and put it on repeat and just mute my laptop. So, like, it'll just, like, play all <laughs> yeah. the time. Because we'll get Somebody the, in Joplin listen to this episode right. a million we times. We will get, like, the play counts and the listen through, but I won't hear it. So that's what I'm going to start doing. That's what you guys should start doing, yeah, too. There help we go. us out. People yeah. helping people. Yeah. TMR Troopers, good question tonight. Question for the podcast. How early do teams start scouting players? Are some teams already looking at Tua and from and planning for 2020? I, I mean, I don't know how early they start scouting these guys officially, but I know that you find guys that stand out to you. Maybe you're, you're scouting somebody else at Alabama or Georgia and then you notice, like, holy shit, this quarterback is actually really good. When's he eligible? So they get put on your radar early. I don't know how early teams actually start scouting them. So I, I know that we can talk definitively about last year's draft class and that there were teams scouting Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen when they were freshmen. So it can be – it's usually a three-year process with quarterbacks because, like, say, say Melo and I worked for the Chiefs and we were area scouts. I would go into my area and I would go to a school and I say, I'm going to USC. I would go in and you're asking about, okay, what about your seniors? Okay. What about juniors that might declare your third question? What about your quarterbacks? Okay. Well, JT Daniels, here's what we know. Here's what we think. And you start that process now of building a profile, not so much of him as a player, but him as a person so that you can watch that development because you're going to eventually watch the film and watch every snap this guy's taken, just like we do when it's draft time. And you're going to make that film profile then. But as a person, you're already starting to put that together when it comes to quarterbacks. Now, it might be different for like, you know, big five-star recruits that we all know their names like Caden Stearns and Grant Dell. But you're probably already asking about those dudes. And you were asking about Ed Oliver three years ago. But most of the time, you're only asking 
about quarterbacks when they're freshmen and, and the other positions you can get caught up on. All right, that's our show. We are off to celebrate Mr. Mello's 31st birthday. Going to be a great night. Thank you, as always, for listening. We will be back Monday morning. Myself, Mello Connor, going to be a great time, a kick-ass show. We will talk to you then. Mm-hmm.